Phoenix West, the Twilight Zone episode review show. Hello, citizens. Welcome to LIW, the Twilight Zone review. Today's episode is 111, and when the sky was opened. Why am I doing such a deep, sultry voice? I don't know. I'm fucking... I, I have no idea. Guys, it's um, 2.40 in the morning. I just finished watching this episode, and then I immediately recorded a podcast for LIW's The Walking Dead review. It was actually Fear the Walking Dead, episode 202, if you want to follow uh, chronologically. I don't know who's into that shit. You're weirdo. Anyway, uh, that's very off topic. My point is that I am... It's very late, and I watched this, and I, I could not have had more of a ball watching this episode. This episode has to be the most Twilight Zone episode in in the whole history of the show. And what I mean is, make it make a checklist of things that you think are Twilight Zone, and just like the the tropes, the cliches you expect, the things you like. And when you think of Twilight Zone, you, you think of this. And that this has the most on that list. Like, this checks most boxes. Like, when I think Twilight Zone, just myself, I think, okay, um, guy goes crazy. Um, check. Um, he yells at other people about how crazy they are and not him. He doesn't believe them. Check. He jumps through a window. Kind of Check. Um, he is sweaty, his hair is messed up, he, he's, he's smoking, he's pacing a lot, uh, check, 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 and he's, oh, what are some other tropes, just, uh, obviously the twist ending, and we're not going, I'm not going even that, I'm not going into the far story, I'm just going in f- as far as the basic character in a Twilight Zone play and I do call them plays for a reason they are they're, they're they're more plays than anything because the budget was so low even though they say it's like really expensive for the time but nowadays it's it's nothing the uh this one opens up with like it's a it's a plane it's a spaceship not a spaceship I guess it is a spaceship it's weird to say that and mean your own uh planets ships call it a spaceship that's very strange to me this one goes like, her name is X-20. Her type is as fast and loose as you can get, baby. Goddamn, this thing can ride. Holy shit, you want to fuck this plane. I don't. He didn't really say that, but that's kind of where he's going with it. I just took it another step. He's just describing how this plane and the ship and her men disappear for 24 hours from radar. And yada yada. And blah, blah, blah. And I love Rod Sterling, but I, I, I kind of don't listen to the opening because I... It's like how fans of uh, that Alex Proyas movie, the uh, Wow, it's one of my favorite movies, and I can't think of the name of it right now. Holy shit, it's gone. Not the Crow, the other one. What's the one other than the Crow? Dark City. Wow. Sorry, guys. Like I said, two forty in the morning, kind of drunk. Um, f- fans of Dark City will turn off the opening narration from Kiefer Sutherland. They'll just turn it off because it actually is addition by subtraction. Like the movie's better if you don't know what's going on really. At first, it's it's just one of those ones that explains it's too much. So when I watch Twilight Zones, I kind of just go, "Ah oh, yeah, yeah. I I don't I want to I want to see the story. I I've seen every episode so much 
that I kind of don't listen on purpose at this point. Anyway, way off topic. The uh, <laughs> the nurse comes in. She's like, they're, they're kind of talking in the hallway, and she's like, "Isn't that one of the space pilots?" As after he walks by, the one that crashed. And I was like, "Space pilots? That's that's a term that didn't make it through the NASA era. I wish it did. It's just NASA pilot or like rocket. I don't know, just pilot, pretty much. Just pi- the word pilot." So, but if you're going to space, I, 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 I kind of like this. I love 1950s sci-fi stuff. The the tropes of put space in front of it, and that makes it a futuristic thing. Like I gotta eat my space food. I get it. Well, I gotta take a space shit. You know what that means? It's very futuristic and high tech. You don't want you know it's a lot involved. You know, I don't want to describe it to you too much. It's, you know, put the word space in front of it, and that means a lot. It's like a lot of stock in front of it. You don't have to go into any detail after that. You just, wow, they must be in the future. <laughs> like It's just one of those shorthand words. Um, anyway, I love that scene. I loved it. And then they, they show Major Forbes, and he's, he's kind of freaking out in the hallway, and he's a little weirdo. And he goes in this room. He's entering room 15 to visit his friend, and they really pay attention to the number 15 on the door. And I thought it was going to pay off. I, don't, I remember this episode, but I don't remember the details. You know, it's been a while, it's been a while since I've seen it. But they really pay attention to fifteen, and I thought it was going to pay off so bad, like like really hard, like oh wow, fifteen. And now at the very end, they kind of go oh fifteen. I'll get there though. But anyway, Forbes tells Bill, who's the guy in the hospital bed, his partner, his space pilot partner, that something's strange. Bill's in bed because of his broken leg. During the crash, the only the only injury sustained by these three men crashing back to Earth from space is a mildly broken leg. Other than that, no cuts, no scratches, no no real problems, no psychological issues. Other than obviously what happens later in the episode, but but nothing at first to manifest other than a broken leg, and that's it. So Forbes tells Bill, Forbes is our main character, that something strange is happening. Oh no, and he asks. When he left there yesterday, he's like, hey, when I left here last night, who was I with? With whom? And Bill's like, dude, you're by yourself. What are you talking about? What are you talking about, bro? And then he's like, look at this newspaper. And he shows him, and it says, like, hey, these two astronauts, these two spacemen retrieved from a downed crash in desert. And he's like, that's us. That's how we, that's, that's us last night. That's, a, that's, that's you and me. And he's like, this is going to sound crazy. Oh, my God. And that's another trope of Twilight Zone. Is a guy um, kind of dragging out, telling a story of what he thinks really happened. That's that's also an, a big Twilight Zone trope where it's like, oh, God, I got I to gotta, I gotta level with you. Like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I just... There was three of us in the spacecraft. Not two. Not two. There was three of us. It was you, me, and Ed Harrington. Oh my God! What's happening? Oh my! You're not gonna. You don't even believe me. And then Forbes is like, "What are you talking about, Clegg?" And I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" I paused it and I was like, "Whoa, fucking hold on!" I went to IMDb and I looked it up, and sure enough, sure shit, this guy's name is Lieutenant Colonel Clegg Forbes, C L E double G, like Snoop. Uh, what the fuck? That is not a goddamn name, Clegg. That's that's a that's a caveman word or a caveman name even. 
Uh, that's the ugliest name I've ever heard in my fucking life. And that is more of a, I would believe them to be a brand of clove cigarettes or uh, even something like that, like uh, some, something nicotine related, Clegg, more than I would a first name. And maybe that's why they just do the C. Forbes in military because they go, oh, we got to cover this shit up. Maybe he started this. Like Clegg Forbes was like, oh, that name is horrible. We got to cover this shit up. Let's just do C dot. All right, let's just do that from now on. Everybody, standard issue. Go on. Anyway, Clegg does a one man show when he does. He goes, I'm going to describe to you what happened yesterday in detail. And he he tells the story and he says a one man show thing. And he, he in the story in his story he admits to being an alcoholic. He's like, and yesterday you joked around about how Ed should watch over me because I, you know, I like to drink. Because I drink so much or something like that. And I was like, oh, my God. So they cut back and they show it what happened yesterday. And Ed Harrington's there. And he's a very touchy, excitable fellow. And they're all just like, <laughs> and they keep looking at each other for a little too long. And they keep touching each other a little too long. And I'm like, are all space pilots gay? Or just Ed Harrington? And just the people who are with Ed Harrington? Like, does he rub off a little bit? Uh not that there's a gay agenda in NASA. I, I, I'm not saying that. Don't go, don't put words in my mouth. Don't put words in other things in my mouth, gay space pilots, okay? Don't do that to me. Oh, I'm sick of this shit. Always happening. Anyway, Harrington and Clegg go to a bar after after they leave. Uh, they leave Bill. The, as the, the one he mentioned last night was, I left with somebody else. There was three of us. This is that story. He leaves with him, goes to a bar. They see a woman at a bar, and then Clegg swoops in and gets her first. And then she reacts. He just kind of sits down. They both just sit down next to her, and she reacts like, obviously these two men are here on Earth to talk to me. They have to be here for me. So, okay, I'll kind of roll my eyes and play along like I don't like it. Like, oh, here we go again. Please buy me a drink. Please fuck me. Please love me. It's... I'm not wired the way most men are. If I sat down at a bar next to a girl and I saw her give me that look, like, what do you got, Buster? I'm just, I just go, oh, go fuck yourself because I'm not going to try to. And that look just sealed the deal. I, go fuck yourself, you, you goddamn bitch. That, uh, that kind of cockiness is so unattractive in, in a person. To me, personally. I don't know. Most guys are different. I don't think most guys care. Not that I'm so special. It's just it's just the way I'm wired. I don't know why. I just... You gotta... I don't like the, the fucking game. I don't know why you gotta play a goddamn game. You gotta make it seem like you're not there for that. And then go, oh, why are you here for that? And then you're there for that. So shut the fuck up and just deal with it. Goddamn. I hate this. I hate it. I hate the whole fucking... Ah, man. Whatever. Um, Harrington is... They kind of oh the get bartender pours him a beer and he's like oh you guys are those two space pilots and he gives him these beers and he's like you guys don't have to pay for it and he gives him the foamiest beers in the fucking planet um, if you if you're listening to this seriously pause this and then go watch the episode on on Netflix and watch the beers he pours them and if you miss it he drops the beer and then he pours him a secondary beer which is equally as foamy. It is the headiest beer. It's like he pours in these beers and these little like champagne flutes and then gives him these like eight ounce 
not even eight ounce. I go I go four and a half, five ounce of of beer of foam, which means when it settles, it's down to like three. What the? F- they use the worst beer pour in the goddamn world. Although in this, it, it just settles and it's all full of beer, and I'm like, that's not how foam works. It it it's full of air, so it's not going to fill the same. It's not going to fill with liquid. He like fills it ninety five percent with foam, and then when it settles between shots, back when they you know when they switched it out with a real beer, it's to the tippy top with beer. And I'm like, oh you, no no no, I, I drink way too much to to let that slide. Holy shit, no, absolutely not. Um, anyway, Harrington is suddenly very quiet and he just doesn't move anymore. And he says he's feeling weird and he's just like, I don't like I don't like this feeling at all. He's like, I better go call my parents, let them know I'm all right, blah, blah, blah. And he leaves, and then, you know, you know it's going to happen. Because Harrington already said that, or um, Clegg already said that Harrington doesn't exist anymore. He, like, disappeared. So, you know what's going to happen is that his, his parents are going to be like, who? Who are you? I don't, we don't have a kid. And that's what happens. Um, obviously, they don't have a son named Harrington, blah, blah, blah. They, he, and he, Ed, Ed tells Clegg, I cannot take that name seriously. He goes, we shouldn't have come back at all. Like, I feel something like that. Something back there let us go through. During that 24 hours period, he's talking about where they disappeared. He's talking about whatever was there. Let let them go through and it shouldn't have. So now it's taking him back. And then Clegg's like, I'm going to go get you another beer. And then he goes to get another beer. And, and then he looks back and then. He finds a newspaper first, and he sees is is changed over to the two news to two spacemen instead of three. And then he turns and or, uh, Harrington's gone. And he's like, "Where's my Where's my friend's beer?" And he's like, "What friend?" And he's like, "What are you, some sort of jokester? You a wise guy or something?" And then he looks at the paper and again, and he's kind of realizing what's going on. And then he he starts doing the the Twilight Zoniest freak out I've ever seen. Because he immediately goes, what are you, a wise guy or something? You're crazy. You're crazy. You know that. You're crazy. And then he's shaking a newspaper the whole time with the bartender and runs out. And I'm like, oh, yes. I The second half of this episode is just the best. I, there's a part of me, and I don't like it in an ironic way. I like it in a way where I'm going, yes. Chew that fucking scenery, dude. Just yell you're crazy a bunch. And lo- they they can't lose their mind over time in Twilight Zone episodes because they have so much story to tell with a limited amount of time. So they have to snap. You know what I mean? They can't they can't do a. I, I'm trying to think of a movie where they go crazy over the whole movie without ruining it. But I don't I don't want to ruin a movie for you. So I'm just gonna like a movie would go the first forty minutes they kind of go crazy and the second half is whatever. Like Michael Douglas and falling down. He kind you kind of see him lose his, his grip on reality. And most of the movie after that is just him, him shooting people, shooting minorities in, in LA in nineties nineteen ninety three LA or whatever the fuck it was. Anyway but this they have about oh forty five seconds to get that out. To get it to get the crazy the whole weird parable of craziness. They have to go through that real quick, the little whole curve and get the story back on track. So they do that. And then, uh, they cut to him on a hotel phone and he's immediately on the phone and is, uh, sorry, I stammered right there. He's, he's on the hotel phone. He's 
calling somebody, calling a major, and he can't get through. He's in just fucking full Twilight Zone mode right now. He has the messy hair. He's smoking and he's sweating and he's on a phone and he's yelling. <laughs> he's like, "Can I talk to the major?" And he takes her pause and he goes, "What?" And I, it, I laughed hysterically at the way he says "what." Uh, again, rewatch that scene. It 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 is so insane. Part of I got I will say this, but it doesn't subtract anything if you do watch it. Part of the reason I love this character so much and love watching him is because he looks exactly like my grandpa did, probably probably back in like nineteen fifty nine. If I I don't have pictures of my grandpa back then, but I, he looks like he would age into my grandpa. Even though I've seen pictures of Rod Taylor older, and he doesn't look like him. Anyway, uh, probably different lifestyle choices. My yeah yeah, I'm gonna go with that. My grandpa didn't make the best. Anyway, watch him say what what? It's hilarious. Amy shows up, our, our, our fantastic character of Amy, and she goes on this goddamn, just this, this, this fucking nagging rampage about waiting at a bus stop. Like, you told me to wait for me either at midnight, and then I was at midnight, and then I was at one, and then there I was even at two, and here I am now. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I don't care. And <laughs> he's like, you don't, you don't even know who the fuck he is. Uh, wait, wait. My telegram I sent you. It says Ed and I. Blah, blah, blah. And he pulls it out and he obviously just says, I will be at the bus, bus station. And he's like, no, that's, that's not the way it was. And then the phone rings and Clegg finally gets a hold of the general. And that motherfucker doesn't remember Ed either. And he, he leads to a, a major freak out, no pun intended, um, for military terms. He, he just freaks out in just an epic way. She's like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I can't yell that much because my girlfriend is sleeping. <sighs> if he jumps, oh, sorry, I was reading the next note. At this point, he gets off the phone. She doesn't know who he is, Amy, that is, our, our fantastic character of Amy, who's in this one scene and only this one scene. Um, he, she doesn't know who he is. The bartender didn't know who, she, knew who he was. The, the, the slut he was trying to fuck at the bar didn't know who he was anymore. And the major on the phone, or the general, was it? On the phone, doesn't know who Ed is, so he he starts backing out of the room, like, "What the fuck's going on?" Like, "Oh my god!" Like, he's like, "I know what I'll do," and I'm like, "If this motherfucker jumps out the window, this has every Twilight Zone trope in it," and then he does, and I was like, "Oh wait, did he?" He kind of just jumps over a railing, but I was like, "You know what?" Still, they don't want to they don't want to blow the budget, and I read I read about it afterwards, and that this shot was kind of improvised on the spot. The director was like, hey, just go ahead and jump out the window or jump over the banister or whatever the fuck it was. And that's not how it's written, but that's how we're going to do it. And then Rod got a, Rod certainly got a hold of it, and he liked it a lot, so he just he let him keep it. So I don't think they want they had a fake window in the, in the budget. Oh, wait. I said all that, and then I realized that they were talking about the bar scene. I'm a goddamn lunatic. Oh, man. What? Anyway. Um, sorry, way off topic. I was reading two different notes at once. He he goes to the bar. That's his big his big plan. After he jumps over the window thing, and runs off, and he goes to the bar, and then he smashes through the bar window. That's what that was. I'm sorry, I really am. He he jumps to the bar window, and I was like, oh, he's like a roid rage Kool Aid man. This is fucking weird. He just smashes through the window with his with his belly. I remember when, when I was I want to say. Seven, six or seven. We our back door 
in our house. I had this old, it was an old house, old, very old house, like 1830s. But the door was like, I don't know, 1960s, 1970s. It was an old fucking door too. Uh, well, this is like 1990 at this time. So it was a 30-year-old door, 30-year-old window. And I remember walking up to the door. There's a big old window. Half the door half the door was a window. and Or glass, rather. I don't know why I'm calling it a window. It's just glass. Glass door. I'm fucking weird. And I walked up to it, and I remember pushing my belly against it and just, like, doing those, you know, how people make those waves with their stomach. And, like, like those, they draw faces on it, and they make the face move. You see it in cartoons a lot. I did that, like, twice, and I was a fat kid. So the window or the, the, the glass just shattered all around me. And I was like, oh, my God. And then my mom came in, and she's like, you all right? I'm like, yeah, I don't know what happened. <laughs> I was like, I played it cool. I, I went in the fucking pure cool mode. Um, this man did not. He broke into the window, smashed in, like like I said, a roid rage cooling man, and just went around the bar. It's like, where is he? Where? Ed? Where are you, Ed? Uh, and then I was like, what the fuck? And then it cuts back to Clegg telling Bill the story. Um, so welcome back to reality. Or maybe not reality, but welcome back to the the initial period of time where we were at. And then Clegg... <laughs> he he starts telling him he starts telling Bill in bed that he he goes I don't know what happened after that I, I mean I started walking and I started walking here and then I and I guess I heard a, an alarm system going off I don't know and you know and I guess I just left Amy standing there <laughs> I, was, I was like holy shit this guy's so checked out it's awesome he he's so amazingly nonchalant about everything about like, I don't know. I, I, I didn't fucking listen to that bitch. She was just standing there yapping about waiting at the bus station. And then, I don't know, I guess I committed like a, I don't know, class four felony. I don't know, whatever. I'm cool. I'm here now. And then they show Clegg like a close up and I'm like, Oh, he looks like Robin Williams kind of. And he kind of talks like him too. But just when Robin Williams does like serious speeches, like in one dreams when he come and, I almost said Saving Private Ryan. That's a very different Matt Damon movie. <laughs> wow. Good Will Hunting, that one. Uh, wow, I know movies very well, and I'm just spacing tonight. Anyway, you look like him when he does serious speeches, like Patch Adams and shit. Like, shit, you're just like, what are you doing, dude? Um, anyway, Clegg freaks the fuck out for some reason, and he's like, oh, I don't know what's going on. He's like, I feel it. And he starts, he starts to realize he's saying things that Ed did before he disappeared. So he freaks out. That's what it is. And he runs out in the hallway, and Bill kind of follows him. And by the time Bill gets to the door and looks down, uh, Clegg is gone. And the nurse rushes in. She's like, Bill, you're, what are you doing? He's like, you're going to go after him. She's like, you're alone. What are you talking about? And he turns around and sees that there's one bed in the hospital and he sees that the newspaper says oh no he doesn't see that yet he sees there's this one one bed in the hotel room or the hotel room the, the hospital and he's like oh, and he has this hilarious oh my god face it, it i could not stop laughing at his face i had to freeze frame it <laughs> it's fucking awesome oh my goodness oh my goodness they uh <laughs> they uh they, he sits back down in the bed and the nurse sits him down uh i gotta say the nurse Pretty attractive for a 1950s girl. I gotta say, usually they're, I don't know, not, not, in the, not, not, not a fan, you know? But yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. The, uh, he's, he looks at the newspaper, Bill does, and he realizes he's alone in the picture. It's like, so, so was it, Soul Spaceman Returns. 
whatever, first American to do it. I don't, I don't know, something like that. And then it cuts the, news, the the nurse walking out, and then she talks to the general who's running the running the hospital. He runs the hospital. Okay, okay, that's important. I'm saying that over and over. It's just he runs the hospital. This small military hospital it seems like. And she goes, "What do we need to do?" And he goes, "Oh, I need a I need an empty room." And she goes, "Room fifteen can take three patients down here, sir. It's empty." And he goes, let's take a look. And I was like, what the fuck for? Room 15 is empty. It could take three patients. Do you not trust this bitch? What are, what, are you, what are you doing? What are we doing here? If someone told you a room was empty in your, in your hospital, would you really need to see the goddamn room? Would you need proof that it was empty? Or would you just be like, hey, even, even if he needs to delegate, if he's really a, a, in charge of this hospital, he needs to go, hey, go double check that it's empty, completely empty. Or whatever's in there, let me know. Just let me know. I'll trust you what's in the room. I'm not that much of a fucking micromanager. We're in the goddamn military. Figure it out. Do your goddamn job. But he goes in there and he's like, oh, we need to get some, I don't know, some beds up here for malaria cases. I forget. I think it's what he said. I was like, what What the fuck? Okay. I don't know why you got it so specific when it doesn't matter. And I was like, that shot and that whole scene was very awkward just so we would see the room was empty now. But you know what? I I get it. I I, I I believe you if you say the room's empty. Oh, this is how it should have ended. Oh, room fifteen can take three patients sir. down here, sir. It's empty. Oh, okay. Let's fill. Let's put some people in there. Credits. That's it. End of end of show. Oh, then you then you do the uh, Rod Serling outro where he's like. This is where X-20 was. Now it's not here. Who knows where it is? Make sure if you talk about it, you whisper. And only in the Twilight Zone. And I was like, all right. that's That was weird. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, I got to say, this episode is amazing to me. And not for any... It's got, a, it's got a good story. I don't really have anything against it. I like the story. I, I like that they don't tell you why... I, I like when shit like that is just the it is, is because it is you know there's no reason you don't know what what's taking them you don't know why they're leaving it's just whatever was out there is taking us back that's it that's all you get that's all you really need it's like uh, the cube the movie the cube they're just in this shape shifting cube rooms and that's all you get that's all you need to know until the fucking third one came out or whatever it was and ruined it and told us what happened who made it anyway. So I did like the story. It's fine. I like it. I like, but I like it better. The best part of it was how it was told through this guy's fucking face and just this cavalcade of lunacy going on in his face and him just losing his shit. I love that stuff in the Twilight Zone. There's some great episodes like that. It's genuinely entertaining to me. I love the acting choices they made. And I don't like it in an ironic way. I really do like it. It fit. It's it fit for the time. And it fit for the stories. It fit for the the feel they're going for. That's gone now. That's why I like it so much. I appreciate it because it's not coming back. It's not ever coming back. If you were trying to do that nowadays, you would be like, "What is this guy fucking doing? He's yelling like a madman. He's not doing any subtle <laughs> any subtleties behind his performance." Um. But I like it. It's weird. It's it's like liking old 
radio hits, I guess, would be the best way to describe it. Like an old Sinatra song. You're like, you couldn't get away with this nowadays. Like Michael Bublé does, for the most part, I guess. But you couldn't be number one just doing a, a swing and jazz song. It's just gone. It's just a different era. It's gone. It doesn't mean it was bad when it was there. It just means it's different now. That's all it means. <clears throat> anyway. That's it, guys. Go check out americantshow.com. Our new show, Americant, is amazing. I say that with a little bit of bias, <clears throat> considering it's my show. But anyway, guys, check it out. Americant, it's a 15-minute video show. That's all it is. It's just 15 minutes. Each episode has a different topic. I make fun of one thing for 15 minutes. Um, it's, it's broken up into different s- sections, like sketches and skits. and I don't know. It's a lot of fun. Green screen stuff. Um, there's four episodes out right now. I'm working on episode five right now. It's almost finished. Go check it out. Share it with your friends. I want to grow. I want people to see this. I really want to hear people say, want or people what people think about it. And I want to hear topic suggestions for future episodes. If you have any of those, send them to LloydInWonderland at gmail.com. Um, we're on Twitter, um, LAW Studios, Instagram, LAW Studios. It might be LAW Podcast. I forget which. You'll figure it out. Uh, Facebook, Loiter Wonderland. What else is there? Is that it? Is that it, good friends? I'm on I'm on Facebook, Phoenix West. Instagram, PHXWST. Uh, Twitter's Phoenix West also. Anyway, subscribe to the show. Share it with your friends. I appreciate it, guys. I, I love you guys. I really do. You guys leave. I got to say this, and I mean this. I would not. I don't give a shit about making shit up. Um, you guys leave the best comments on YouTube videos and and. and iTunes, you guys leave the the best shit. I like it. Uh, my Twilight Zone fans are are the the best. You guys are awesome. Anyway, guys, until next time, and in the meantime, I'm Phoenix West. So long, citizens. <laughs>